0: Section 2, Volume 2 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night Translated by Richard Burton This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 2 when it was the thirty-fifth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that the wazir said to his wife wottest thou not that yonder standeth our enemy al mu'in bin sawit who as soon as he hears of this matter will go up to the sultan and say to him thy wazir who thou wilt have it loveth thee took from thee ten thousand ducats and bought therewith a slave-girl whose like none ever beheld But when he saw her, she pleased him, and he said to his son, Take her, thou art worthier of her than the sultan. So he took her, and did away with her virginity, and she is now in his house. The king will say, Thou liest! To which he will reply, With thy leave I will fall upon him unawares, and bring her to thee. THE KING WILL GIVE HIM WARRANTY FOR THIS, AND HE WILL COME DOWN UPON THE HOUSE, AND WILL TAKE THE GIRL, AND PRESENT HER TO THE SULTAN, WHO WILL QUESTION HER, AND SHE WILL NOT BE ABLE TO DENY THE PAST. THEN MINE ENEMY WILL SAY, O MY LORD, THOU WATTEST THAT I GIVE THEE THE BEST OF counsel, BUT I HAVE NOT FOUND FAVOUR IN THINE EYES. THEREUPON THE SULTAN WILL MAKE AN EXAMPLE OF ME, AND I SHALL BE A GAZING-STOCK TO ALL THE PEOPLE, AND MY LIFE WILL BE LOST.' quoth his wife, let none know of this thing which hath happened privily, and commit thy case to Allah, and trust in him to save thee from such strait, for he who knoweth the future shall provide for the future. With this she brought the wazir a cup of wine, and his heart was quieted, and he ceased to feel wrath and fear. Thus far concerning him, but as regards his son, Nur ad-Din Ali, fearing the consequence of his misdeed, "'He abode his day long in the flower-garden, "'and came back only at night "'to his mother's apartment where he slept, "'and rising before dawn, "'returned to the gardens. "'He ceased not to do thus for two whole months "'without showing his face to his parent, "'till at last his mother said to his father, "'Oh, my Lord, shall we lose our boy "'as well as the girl? "'If matters continue long in this way "'he will flee from us.' "'And what to do?' asked he. "'And she answered, "'Do thou watch this night, "'and when he cometh, "'seize on him and frighten him. "'I will rescue him from thee, "'and do thou make peace with him, "'and give him the damsel to wife, "'for she loveth him as he loveth her, "'and I will pay thee her price.' "'So the minister stayed up that night, "'and when his son came, "'he seized him, "'and throwing him down, "'knelt on his breast, "'and showed as though "'he would cut his throat.' But his mother ran to the youth's succour, and asked her husband, "'What wouldest thou do with him?' He answered her, "'I will split his weazened." said the son to the father. "'Is my death then so light a matter to thee?' And his father's eyes welled with tears, for natural affection moved him, and he rejoined, "'O my son, how light was to thee the loss of my good and my life!' quoth nur ad-din hear o my father what the poet hath said forgive me thee would sin die, but the wise ne'er to the sinner shall deny his grace thy foe may pardon sure when lieth he in lowest and thou holdest highest place thereupon the wazir rose from off his son's breast saying i forgive thee for his heart yearned to him and the youth kissed the hand of his sire who said O my son, were I sure that thou wouldest deal justly by Anisa Jalis, I would give her to thee. O my father, what justice am I to do to her? I enjoin thee, O my son, not to take another wife or concubine to share with her, nor sell her. O my father, I swear to thee that verily I will not do her injustice in either way. Having sworn to that effect... Nur ad-Din went in to the damsel and abode with her a whole year, whilst Allah Almighty caused the king to forget the matter of the maiden, and al-Mu'in, though the affair came to his ears, dared not divulge it by reason of the high favour in which his rival stood with the Sultan. At the end of the year al-Fazl went one day to the public baths, and as he came out, whilst he was still sweating, the air struck him, and he caught a cold which turned to a fever. Then he took to his bed. His malady gained ground, and restlessness was longsome upon him, and weakness bound him like a chain. So he called out, Hither with my son! And when Nur ad-Din Ali came, he said to him, O my son, know that man's lot and means are distributed and decreed, and the end of days by all must be dreed, and that every soul drain the cup of death is nature's need. Then he repeated these lines, I die my death, but he alone is great who dieth not, and well I wot, soon shall I die, for death was made my lot, a king there's not that dies and holds his kingdom in his hand, FOR SOVEREIGNTY THE KINGDOM IS OF HIM WHO DIETH NOT. THEN HE CONTINUED, O MY SON, I HAVE NO CHARGE TO LEAVE THEE, SAVE THAT THOU FEAR ALLAH, AND LOOK TO THE ISSUES OF THINE ACTS, AND BEAR IN MIND MY INJUNCTIONS ANENT ANIS O MY FATHER, SAID Ad DIN, WHO IS LIKE UNTO THEE, INDEED THOU ART FAMED FOR WELL DOING, AND PREACHERS OFFER PRAYERS FOR THEE IN THEIR PULPITS quoth al fazl o my son i hope that allah almighty may grant me acceptance then he pronounced the two testimonies or professions of the faith and was recorded amongst the blessed the palace was filled with crying and lamentation and the news of his death reached the king and the city people wept even those at their prayers and women at household cares and the school children shed tears for bin Then his son, Nur ad-Din Ali, arose and made ready his funeral, and the emirs and wazirs and high officers of state and city notables were present, amongst them the wazir al-Mu'in bin Sawi, and as the bier went forth from the house, some one in the crowd of mourners began to chant these lines. On the fifth day I quitted all my friends for evermore, and they laid me out and washed me on a slab without my door. They stripped me of the clothes I was ever wont to wear, and they clothed me in the clothes which till then I never wore. On four men's necks they bore me and carried me from home to chapel, and some prayed for him on neck they bore. They prayed for me a prayer that no prostration knows. They prayed for me who praised me, and were my friends of yore. And they laid me in a house with a ceiling vaulted o'er, And time shall be no more, ere it ope to me its door. When they had shovelled in the dust over him, and the crowd had dispersed, Nur ad-Din returned home, and he lamented with sobs and tears, And the tongue of the case repeated these couplets. On the fifth day, at eventide, they went away from me, Farewelled them, as faring they made farewell my lot. But my spirit, as they went, with them went, and so I cried, Ah, return ye, but replied they, alas, return is not, To a framework, leer and lawn, that lacketh blood and life, A frame whereof remaineth naught but bones that rattle and rot mine eyes are blind and cannot see, quenched by the flowing tear, mine eyes are dull and lost to sense, they have no power to hear. He abode a long time, sorrowing for his father, till one day, as he was sitting at home, there came a knocking at the door, so he rose in haste, and opening, let in a man, one of his father's intimates, and who had been the wazir's boon-companion. The visitor kissed Nur ad-Din's hand, and said to him, "'O my lord, he who hath left the like of thee is not dead, "'and this way went also the chief of the ancients and the moderns. "'O my lord Ali, be comforted, and leave sorrowing.' Thereupon Nur ad-Din rose, and going to the guest-saloon, transported thither all he needed. Then he assembled his companions, and took his handmaid again, and collecting round him ten of the sons of the merchants, began to eat and drink wine, giving entertainment after entertainment, and lavishing his presents and his favours. One day his steward came to him and said, O my lord, Nur ad hast thou not heard the saying, Whoso spendeth and reckoneth not, to poverty wendeth and recketh not? And he repeated what the poet wrote i look to my money and keep it with care for right well i wot tis my buckler and brand did i lavish my dirhams on hostileist foes i should truck my good luck by mine ill-luck tripand so i'll eat it and drink it and joy in my wealth and no spending my pennies on others i'll stand i will keep my purse close gainst whoever he be and a niggard in grain a true friend ne'er i fanned Far better deny him than come to say, Lend, and fivefold the loan shall return to thy hand. And he turns face aside and he sidles away, while I stand like a dog disappointed, unmanned. Oh, the sorry lot his, who hath yellow boys none, though his genius and virtues shine bright as the sun. O oh, my master, continued the steward, this lavish outlay and these magnificent gifts waste away wealth. When Nur ad-Din Ali heard these words, he looked at his servant and cried, Of all thou hast spoken, I will not heed one single word, for I have heard the saying of the poet who saith, And my palm be full of wealth, and my wealth I ne'er bestow, A palsy take my hand, and my foot ne'er rise again. Show me niggard, who by niggard eyes e'er rose to high degree, or the generous gifts generally hath slain. And he pursued, No, O steward, it is my desire that so long as thou hast money enough for my breakfast, thou trouble me not with taking thought about my supper. Thereupon the steward asked, Must it be so? And he answered, It must. So the honest man went his way, and Nur ad Ali devoted himself to extravagance, and if any of his cup companions chanced to say, This is a pretty thing, he would reply, Tis a gift to thee or if another said, "'Oh, my lord, such a house is handsome,' he would answer, "'Take it, it is thine.' After this reckless fashion he continued to live for a whole year, giving his friends a banquet in the morning, and a banquet in the evening, and a banquet at midnight, till one day, as the company was sitting together, the damsel, Anis al repeated these lines, "'Thou deemedst well of time when days went well,' and fearest not what ills might deal thee fate. Thy night so fair and restful cozened thee, for peaceful nights bring woes of heavy weight. When she had ended her verse, behold, somebody knocked at the door, so Nur ad rose to open it, and one of his boon-companions followed him, without being perceived. At the door he found his steward, and asked him, What is the matter?' And he answered, O my lord, what I dreaded for thee hath come to pass. How so? Know that there remains not a dirham's worth, less or more, in my hands. Here are my daftars and account-books, showing both income and outlay, and the registers of thine original property. When Nur ad-Din heard these words, he bowed his head and said, There is no majesty and there is no might, save in Allah when the man who had followed him privily to spy on him heard the steward's words he returned to his friends and warned them saying look ye well to what ye do nor ad is penniless and as the young host came back to his guests vexation showed itself in his face thereupon one of the intimates rose and looking at the entertainer said to him o my lord may be thou wilt give me leave to retire and why so early retirement this day asked he and the other answered him, My wife is in childbirth, and I may not be absent from her. Indeed I must return and see how she does. So he gave him leave. Whereupon another rose, and said, O my lord Nur ad-Din, I wish now to go to my brother's, for he circumciseth his son to-day. In short, each and every asked permission to retire on some pretense or other, till all the ten were gone, leaving Nur ad-Din alone. Then he called his slave-girl, and said to her, O oh, Anis al-Jalis, hast thou seen what case is mine? And he related to her what the steward had told him. Then quoth she, O oh, my lord, for many nights I had it in my mind to speak with thee of this matter, but I heard thee repeating, When the world heaps favours on thee, pass on thy favours to friends, ere her hand she stay. Largesse never let her, when fain she comes, nor niggard eyes kept her from turning away. When I heard these verses, I held my peace, and cared not to exchange a word with thee. O Anis al-Jalis, said Nur Ad din thou knowest that I have not wasted my wealth save on my friends, especially these ten who have now left me a pauper, and I think they will not abandon and desert me without relief.' "'By Allah!' replied she, "'they will not profit thee with aught of aid,' said he. "'I will rise at once, and go to them, "'and knock at their doors, "'and it may be I shall get from them somewhat, "'wherewith I may trade, "'and leave pastime and pleasuring.' "'So he rose without stay or delay, "'and repaired to a street "'wherein all his ten friends lived. "'He went up to the nearest door, and knocked, "'whereupon a handmaid came out, "'and asked him, "'Who art thou?' And he answered, Tell thy master that Nur ad-Din Ali standeth at the door, and saith to him, Thy slave kisseth thy hand, and awaiteth thy bounty. The girl went in, and told her master, who cried at her, Go back and say, My master is not at home. So she returned to Nur ad-Din, and said to him, O oh my lord, my master is out. Thereupon he turned away, and said to himself, if this one be a whoson knave and deny himself another may not prove himself such knave and whoreson. Then he went up to the next door and sent in a like message to the housemaster, who denied himself as the first had done, whereupon he began repeating, "He is gone, who, when to his gate thou ghost fed thy famished moor with his boiled and roast." When he had ended his verse, he said, By Allah, there is no help but that I make trial of them all. Perchance there be one amongst them who will stand me in the stead of all the rest. So he went the round of the ten, but not one of them would open his door to him, or show himself, or even break a bit of bread before him. Whereupon he recited, Like a tree is he who in wealth doth and while fruits he the folk to his fruit shall run, but when bared the tree of what fruit it bear, they leave it to suffer from dust and sun. Perdition to all of this age, I find ten rogues for every righteous one. Then he returned to his slave-girl, and his grief had grown more grievous, and she said to him, O oh, my lord, did I not tell thee, none would profit thee with aught of aid. And he replied, "'By Allah! "'Not one of them would show me his face or know me. "'Oh, my Lord!' quoth she, "'sell some of the movables and household stuff, "'such as pots and pans, little by little, "'and expend the proceeds until Allah Almighty shall provide.' So he sold all of that was in the house till nothing remained, when he turned to Anisa Jalis and asked her, "'What shall we do now?' And she answered, O my lord, it is my advice that thou rise forthwith, and take me down to the bazaar, and sell me. Thou knowest that thy father bought me for ten thousand dinars. Haply Allah may open thee away to get the same price, and if it be his will to bring us once more together, we shall meet again. O Anis al-Jalis, cried he, by Allah it is no light matter for me to be parted from thee for a single hour by allah o my lord she replied nor is it easy to me either but need hath its own law as the poet said need drives a man into devious roads and pathways doubtful of trend and scope no man to a rope will entrust his weight save for cause that calleth for case of rope thereupon he rose to his feet and took her whilst the tears rolled down his cheek like rain, and he recited with the tongue of the case these lines. Stay, grant one parting look before we part, nerving my heart this severance to sustain. But an this parting deal thee pain and bane, leave me to die of love and spare thee pain. Then he went down with her to the bazaar, and delivered her to the broker, and said to him, O Hajj Hassan, I pray thee, note the value of her thou hast to cry for sale. O my lord Nur ad Deen, quoth the broker, the fundamentals are remembered, adding, Is not this the Anisa Jalis whom thy father bought of me for ten thousand dinars? Yes, said Nur ad Deen. Thereupon the broker went round to the merchants, but found that all had not yet assembled. So he waited till the rest had arrived and the market was crowded with slave-girls of all nations, Turks, Franks, and Circassians, Abyssinians, Nubians, and Takruris, Tartars, Georgians, and others. When he came forward, and standing, cried aloud, O merchants, O men of money! Every round thing is not a walnut, and every long thing a banana is not. All reds are not meat, nor all whites fat, nor is every brown thing a date. O merchants, I have here this union pearl that hath no price. At what sum shall I cry her? Cry her at four thousand five hundred dinars, quoth one of the traders. The broker opened the door of sale at the sum named, and as he was yet calling, lo, the wazir al-Mu'in bin Sa'wi passed through the bazaar, and seeing Nur ad-Din Ali, waiting at one side, said to himself, Why is Hakan's son standing about here? Hath this gallows-bird aught remaining wherewith to buy slave-girls? Then he looked round, and seeing the broker calling out in the market with all the merchants around him, said to himself, I am sure that he is penniless, and hath brought hither the damsel Anisa Jalis for sale. Oh, how cooling and grateful is this to my heart! "'Then he called the crier, who came up and kissed the ground before him, "'and he said to him, "'I want this slave-girl whom thou art calling for sale.' "'The broker dared not cross him, so he answered, "'O my lord, bismillah, in Allah's name, so be it, "'and led forward the damsel, and showed her to him. "'She pleased him much. "'Whereat?' he asked, "'O Hassan, what is bidden for this girl?' "'And he answered, "'Four thousand five hundred dinars to open the door of sale.' al-mu'in four thousand five hundred is my bid when the merchants heard this they held back and dared not bid another dirham wotting what they did of the wazir's tyranny violence and treachery so al-mu'in looked at the broker and said to him why stand still go and offer four thousand dinars for me and the five hundred shall be for thyself thereupon the broker went to nur ad-din and said "'O my lord, thy slave is going for nothing.' "'And how so?' asked he. The broker answered. "'We had opened the biddings for her at four thousand five hundred dinars, "'when that tyrant, Al-Mu'in bin Sawi, passed through the bazaar, "'and as he saw the damsel, she pleased him. "'So he cried to me, "'Call me the buyer at four thousand dinars, "'and thou shalt have five hundred for thyself.' "'I doubt not, but that he knoweth that the damsel is thine, "'and if he would pay thee down her price at once, it were well, "'but I know his injustice and violence. "'He will give thee a written order upon some of his agents, "'and will send after thee to say to them, "'Pay him nothing.' "'So, as often as thou shalt go in quest of the coin, "'they will say, We'll pay thee presently, "'and they will put thee off day after day, "'and thou art proud of spirit.' "'Till at last, when they are wearied with thine importunity, "'they will say, Show us the cheque. "'Then, as soon as they have got hold of it, "'they will tear it up, and thou wilt lose the girl's price.' "'When Nur ad heard this, he looked at the broker, "'and asked him, How shall this matter be managed? "'And he answered, I will give thee a counsel, "'which, if thou follow, it shall bring thee complete satisfaction.' "'And what is that?' quoth Nur ad-Din quoth the broker come thou to me anon when i am standing in the middle of the market and taking the girl from my hand give her a sound cuffing and say to her thou baggage i have kept my vow and brought thee down to the slave market because i swore an oath that i would carry thee from home to the bazaar and make brokers cry thee for sale if thou do this perhaps the device will impose upon the wazir and the people and they will believe that thou broughtest her not to the bazaar but for the quittance of thine oath he replied such were the best way then the broker left him and returning into the midst of the market took the damsel by the hand and signed to the wazir and said o oh my lord here is her owner with this up came nur ad Deen ali and snatching the girl from the broker's hand cuffed her soundly, and said to her, "'Shame on thee, thou baggage! "'I have brought thee to the bazaar for quittance of mine oath. "'Now get thee home, and thwart me no more, as is thy wont." "'Woe to thee! Do I need thy price, that I should sell thee? "'The furniture of my house would fetch thy value many times over.' "'When Al-Mu'in saw this, he said to Nur ad "'Out on thee! Hast thou anything left for selling or buying?' and he would have laid violent hands upon him, but the merchants interposed, for they all loved Nur ad-Din. And the young man said to them, "'Here am I in your hands, and ye all know his tyranny.' "'By Allah!' cried the wazir, "'but for you I had slain him.' Then all signed with significant eyes to Nur ad-Din, as much as to say, "'Take thy reek of him. Not one of us will come between thee and him.' thereupon nur ad-din who was stout of heart as he was stalwart of limb went up to the wazir and dragging him over the pommel of his saddle threw him to the ground now there was in that place a puddling pit for brick clay into the midst of which he fell and nur ad-din kept pummelling and fisticuffing him and one of the blows fell full on his teeth and his beard was dyed with his blood Also there were with the minister ten armed slaves, who, seeing their master entreated after this fashion, laid hand on sword-hilt, and would have bared blades, and fallen on Nur ad-Din to cut him down. But the merchants and bystanders said to them, This is a wazir, and that is the son of a wazir. Haply they will make friends some time or other, in which case you will forfeit the favour of both, or perchance a blow may befall your lord, and you will all die the vilest of deaths." so it were better for you not to interfere accordingly they held aloof and when nur ad-din had made an end of thrashing the wazir he took his handmaid and fared homewards al mu'in also went his ways at once with his raiment dyed of three colours black with mud red with blood and ash-coloured with brick-clay when he saw himself in this state he bound a bit of matting round his neck and taking in hand two bundles of coarse halfa grass, went up to the palace, and standing under the Sultan's windows, cried aloud, O King of the Age, I am a wronged man, I am foully wronged. So they brought him before the King, who looked at him, and behold, it was the Chief Minister. Whereupon he said, O Wazir, who did this deed by thee? and e'en wept and sobbed and repeated these lines. "'Shall the world oppress me when thou art in't? "'In the lion's presence shall wolves devour, "'shall the dry all drink of thy tanks, "'and I, under rain-cloud, thirst for the cooling shower?' "'O my lord!' cried he, "'the like will befall every one who loveth and serveth thee well.' "'Be quick with thee,' quoth the sultan, "'and tell me how this came to pass, "'and who did this deed by one whose honour is part of my honour quoth the wazir. No, O my lord, that I went out this day to the slave-market to buy me a cook-maid when I saw there a damsel. Never in my life long saw I a fairer, and I designed to buy her for our lord the sultan. So I asked the broker of her and of her owner, and he answered, She belongeth to Ali, son of al-Faz bin Chakan. Some time ago our lord the sultan gave his father ten thousand dinars, wherewith to buy him a handsome slave-girl, and he bought this maiden who pleased him. So he grudged her to our lord the sultan, and gave her to his own son. When the father died, the son sold all he had of houses and gardens and household gear, and squandered the price till he was penniless. Then he brought the girl to the market that he might sell her and he handed her over to the broker to cry and the merchants bid higher and higher on her until the price reached four thousand dinars whereupon quoth I to myself, I will buy this damsel for our lord the Sultan whose money was paid for her. So I said to Nur ad-Din, O my son, sell her to me for four thousand dinars. When he heard my words he looked at me and cried, Oh, ill-omened oldster! I will sell her to a Jew or to a Nazarene, but I will not sell her to thee. I do not buy her for myself, said I. I buy her for our Lord and benefactor the Sultan. Hearing my words, he was filled with rage, and dragging me off my horse, and I am a very old man, beat me unmercifully with his fists, and buffeted me with his palms, till he left me as thou seest and all this hath befallen me, only because I thought to buy this damsel for thee. Then the wazir threw himself on the ground, and lay there weeping and shivering. When the sultan saw his condition and heard his story, the vein of rage started out between his eyes, and he turned to his bodyguard, who stood before him, forty white slaves, smiters with the sword, and said to them, Go down forthright to the house built by the son of kharkan and sack it, and raise it, and bring to me his son Nur ad-Din with the damsel, and drag them both on their faces with their arms pinioned behind them. They replied, To hear is to obey, and arming themselves they set out for the house of Nur ad-Din Ali. Now about the sultan was a chamberlain, Alam ad-Din Sanjar Height who had aforetime been Mameluk to al-fazl but he had risen in the world and the sultan had advanced him to be one of his chamberlains when he heard the king's command and saw the enemies make them ready to slay his old master's son it was grievous to him so he went out from before the sultan and mounting his beast rode to nur ad-din's house and knocked at the door Nur ad-Din came out, and knowing him, would have saluted him, but he said, O oh, my master, this is no time for greeting or treating. Listen to what the poet said. Fly, fly with thy life, if by ill overtaken. Let thy house speak thy death by its builder forsaken. For a land else than this land thou mayst reach, my brother, but thy life thou'lt ne'er find in this world another. O oh, Alama my what cheer! asked Nur ad-Din, and he answered, Rise quickly and fly for thy life, thou and the damsel, for Al-Mu'in hath set a snare for you both, and if you fall into his hands he will slay you. The Sultan hath dispatched forty sworders against you, and I counsel you to flee ere harm can hurt you. Then Sanjar put his hand to his purse, and finding there forty gold pieces, took them out, and gave them to Nur ad-Din, saying, O my lord, receive these, and journey with them. "'Had I more, I would give them to thee. "'But this is not the time to take exception.' "'Thereupon Nur ad-Din went in to the damsel "'and told her what had happened, "'at which she wrung her hands. "'Then they fared forth at once from the city, "'and Allah spread over them his veil of protection, "'so that they reached the river-bank, "'where they found a vessel ready for sea. "'Her skipper was standing amidships and crying, "'Whoso hath aught to do, "'whether in the way of provisioning "'or taking leave of his people,' Or whoso hath forgotten any needful thing, let him do it at once and return, for we are about to sail. And all of them saying, There is naught left to be done by us, captain, he cried to his crew, Hallo there, cast off the cable and pull up the mooring pole. Quoth Nur ad-Din, With a bound, O captain, and quoth he, To the house of peace, Baghdad. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of THE day. And ceased to say her permitted say. End of section two of the book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, volume two.